0: Amen, amen. Man, it is so good to be here with you today. Uh, man, I've been so full the last couple of days, and I just want to dive right into it. Um, and, and I want to open up with a psalm, psalm here, Psalm 59, and I just want to read this to you. Psalm 59, 16 and 17 says, But I will sing of your strength. In the morning I will sing of your love. For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. You are my strength, I sing praise to you. You God are my fortress, my God on whom I can rely. Man, that's one of those that's one of those pieces of scripture you like read that in the morning, you know, at your favorite coffee place, Macon, and you know, you're there, and you're just, you just want to take a pic right next to your coffee and you've got a filter there and you're just, oh, the Lord is good and you're feeling it that morning, right? And, and all is good, all is well. It is well with my soul, right? You're singing it and it's good. And then like, how many of you guys know like you start your day great but then like it's like the little things that happen the rest of the day that just get you, right? They just poke at you, you know? And all of a sudden you're driving along, you're headed to where God's calling you that day and, and you, oh, I gotta get some gas. So you got to go to the gas station and, and you, know, you swipe your card and, and all of a sudden you see a picture like this and it just says, please see cashier, right? You know, no card, red. And you're like, oh man, the devil is after me. I'm getting tested, right? I don't know if you've ever been there or, 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 or maybe you've seen something like this, but sometimes it's like these little things that just, they get at you, man. And, and, and you're there and you're like, man, why is this happening? Today I want to talk about just this season of struggle that, that so many of us step into and, and how we can find power in this and this season of pain that you and I might be in. I think I think there's a misunderstanding in so many people around the world when it comes to Christianity. When you say yes to Jesus, I think sometimes we say we think, man, once I say yes to Jesus and I follow Jesus, I surrender, I give him my faith and trust, and you know it's going from there on out, it's gonna be like a magic carpet ride, a whole new world, you know, just like oh, a dazzling place I never knew. Right? You're just man. You're that's that's the Christian life, man. Like that, that's what you feel is going to happen, right? But how many you guys know, did I just do that? I just That was a good spin. I, you should have seen me when I was preparing the message in front of the mirror. <laughs> I, no, I didn't do that. But, but like, we think it's going to be like this. But how many of you guys know if you've been walking with Jesus any, at any length of time now, you're like, it's hard sometimes. I go through some seasons. I go through some pain. I, I struggle sometimes. There's, there's troubling seasons. In my life. And and when David writes Psalm 59, he's actually right in the middle of a hard season of his life. There's actually a specific situation he's coming from when he writes Psalm 59. So let me read it again, just understanding that a little bit of that context here. And let me just read Psalm 59 again, now that you know. But I will sing of your strength, says David. In the morning, I will sing of your love. For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. In times of trouble. You are my strength. I sing praise to you. You, God, are my fortress. My God on whom I can rely. Let me just say this right from the beginning, pulling from this passage of scripture. God is your refuge in trouble, not from trouble. God is our refuge in trouble, not from trouble. That alone right there should, should just give you a better understanding of God and how he intervenes and, and how he leads in our life. That God may not necessarily take you from a thing or from a difficult situation, but He is always there in those troubling situations, in those difficult times. And I think often we will pray, God, God, take this trouble away from me. Uh, we, we hear about Paul, 2 Corinthians 2. Uh, 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 chapter 12, we, he, he refers to something in his life as this thorn in his flesh and, you know, all kinds of thoughts on what that was. But regardless, there's this thing he's saying, Lord, I'm praying, I'm praying you take this from me, Lord. I don't want this anymore. This is hard. I don't like this. And he just says, my grace is sufficient for you. He says, no. But just in case you, you had any question, there's, there's Jesus in the garden, right, who says, Lord, Father... Let this cup pass from me, but not my will, let your will be done. And listen, I think often we get this this idea of, of, of trouble. But listen, in my opinion, I think so often when we think we're in a troubling season, it's really just a training season. I'm just coming, I'm I'm finding this to be true in my life that so often I think, man, I'm in a season of trouble. Really? I'm just in a season of of training. So I read again, Paul, 2 Corinthians 12, 7. He says this, it's not on the screen, just listen. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, listen, to torment me. Torment me. Me, I found that word really interesting. It comes up a couple different times in the Bible. Torment. Torment. Listen, I'm I'm not trying to mess with your theology. I'm not trying to decode the Bible here. I'm not trying to do anything like that. I just find it kind of interesting, this English word torment here. And and this idea of that, that troubling seasons are often seasons of training for us. Because when I look at the word torment and I switch the syllables... mentor, I think so often, I, I, again, I get here in my lo- own life and I'm like, God, I think you're trying to teach me something. <laughs> and you know what? So often pain and seasons of pain in our life that we're in, in every other area of our life, pain often acts as an indicator of something. You get a toothache, it's probably a good idea. You should go get it checked out. Something's wrong back pain or knee pains man i probably should ice it i probably should go to the doctor uh, pain often acts as this prompting that you need to go do something something's off something's wrong there's a trigger there's an indicator and man what would happen if we didn't have the pain that would be would be hard pain so many times are are good. it's, It's a professor that is teaching us something. Pain is that professor, right? It's the required course that nobody wants to take, but it's required to graduate into that next season of your life. And God uses the pain and the suffering of this world to mentor, to train, to lead. Everyone take your phones out real quick. Just open up your, um, your notes app, whatever app you use for notes. And I just want you to write or type in these letters exactly how I said. Just in order. Just type in these letters. Capital G-O-D-I-S-N-O-W-H-E-R-E. So G-O-D-I-S-N-O-W-H-E-R-E. That all one word, letters next to each other. What phrase do you see? What other phrase do you see? Same information, same situation. Yeah, take your time. The guy next to me is like, well, I don't see it. I don't even see a word. <laughs> God is nowhere. God is now here. You are in the same piece of information that you are staring at, the perspective you're looking at, but yet we're getting completely, two completely different conclusions. God is nowhere. God is now here. Listen, there are times that we feel like we're in a season of trouble when really it's training. Really this tormenting season is mentoring me. And really... I feel like God is nowhere when he is actually now very present in the middle of it all. And yet it's the same situation we're in. When I look at the story of David and I'm looking at his life and I see that he was anointed king as a boy, as a little middle schooler perhaps. He was right there as a boy in public, in front of everybody, but he wasn't appointed king king until much later which understand this for a second there's an anointed time and an appointed time they're not always the same you have an anointing in your life but it's a completely different time that you'll be appointed David was anointed a huge anointing service as a boy and if anyone had any question about that he totally silenced everybody's questions when he slayed the giant Goliath Oh, yeah, he's worthy. (laughs) Okay, he's worthy to be king. I'll follow him now. Okay, that's good, good. Totally going to follow his Instagram now. This is great. So understand this. After he slays the giant Goliath, a lot of us think, man, it must have been awesome for him then, right? After that, man, they wrote songs about him, right? David kills his tens of thousands and Saul his thousands, right? It's number one on iTunes, man. At this time in his life, listen, if, if David had a shoe line, everybody's wearing his Yeezys. Everybody. So you just got to understand, like, this is, this is, this is the point of David's success. This is a giant of success he's got. Everyone thinks, man, he must have just gone to the beach, had vacations, had a commercial sponsor. I mean, everything was great. No, that was not the case. And he actually didn't become king until about 16-some years later after the giant. And you know what David did after this huge huge success is he ran for his life. It was more battles, more struggles, more pain. And I think so often listen as young people, uh, I think often what we feel is we want to be discovered over being developed and we resist these seasons so much. I don't like it. Does it feel good? And I think, man, our zeal for, for, to, to want it now and, and not to go and not to endure this, this time in my life, I, it clouds our judgment. And we just want to just not go through any kind of training, but to, to arrive at your destination and your calling that God's leading you to without the proper training and the season of pain and enduring This season would be a disaster. Why? Because your character must match your calling. Not just your talent matching your calling, but your character must match your calling. And I see this moment in David's life, anointed, slays the giant, huge success, right? Only to be followed by a season of struggle. How many of you guys know or maybe have experienced, man, an incredible semester of just fullness and joy and wow and success. And man, you slayed the giant and he was incredible only to be followed by a season or a semester of pain and suffering and heartache. Man, I think so often we are right there. But how many of us know that's so much the pattern of life, right? And I just wrote a couple examples down. And you know, so, so understand that often success... Right afterwards will often be this this difficult season. I see it all over the place. So before you post your engagement pics, understand that the reward for engagement is marriage. And listen, it's not always easy. Understand that the process of becoming one is much grittier than walking down an aisle. Understand this, that when you get the promotion, the reward is you get to manage people. And guess what? People suck. People suck. (laughs) See, like immediately taking notes. All right. So listen, you get a new house. Guess what you get to do? You get to clean it. You get to clean it. And if you got five kids, it's just nonstop cleaning all the time. One day you get pregnant, pregnant, the reward you get to raise your kids. And it ain't always pretty, my friends. I'm telling you, it is hard work to raise human beings. I was once told, grandkids are God's gift for not killing your own kids. I kind of believe that. I kind of think that's true. So understand that the presence of God is not always the absence of trouble, the presence of God is not necessarily the absence of trouble. He's usually right there in the middle of it, which is why our greatest testimonies will come from our greatest tests. So I want to look at one of those tests that David had this this time from when he slayed the giant to when to when he became. Uh, before he became king, this this land in between, this, this struggle he was running for his life and this interaction he had with King Saul. So 1 Samuel 19, 8 through 10 says this. War broke out again. This is the season. This is the pattern after that. And David led his troops against the Philistines. He attacked them with such fury that they all ran away. I want to be on David's team. That's pretty cool. But one day, when Saul was sitting at home with spear in hand, the tormenting, there's that word again, spirit from the Lord, suddenly came upon him again. As David played his harp, Saul hurled or threw his spear at him, at David. But David dodged, like Neo from the Matrix, out of the way. And leaving the spear stuck in the wall, he fled and escaped into the night. David was a skilled warrior. If there's anything you pick up from David's life, the guy had skills. The dude was a gangster. You can't mess with that guy, man. He was skilled from a boy. There aren't too many boys in the history of humanity that killed a bear lion and a giant with a rock. I mean, this this guy is skilled. This guy is Liam Neeson and taken. This guy is Jason Bourne. You cannot mess with this guy. He is David. And so fighting Philistines was easy for him, man. Whenever he fought the Philistines, man, he didn't just win. It was a landslide, a shutout, man. He took them out and and they went running, man. It was It was a big deal. David was a masterful warrior. And I I can't help to think, if you're going to throw a spear at David, don't miss. Right? (laughs) Don't miss. Because what may come next ain't going to be pretty, bro. Don't miss. And here we have this story where, where he's... He has this spear thrown at him. And the Bible gives us a a really clear picture. I like how it's written here in scripture in the text. Saul has his hand on a spear and David has his hand on the strings, on the harp. I wonder, what's in your hand today? Just just metaphorically speaking, just in the season of difficulty, what's in your hand? What are you going to and grabbing a hold of? What are you holding on to during this season? What are you trusting in? David could have easily, man, grabbed the spear out of the wall, threw it back. And guess what? It would have been okay in many people's eyes. Everything in David's environment, listen, was telling him to throw the spear back. Think about it. I just wrote a few examples and I'm going, okay, he could have justified it. Saw through it first. It was self-defense. The jury would have seen that. God had already anointed him king. It has been years. And certainly this is now the opportunity that God has provided for for David to, to go ahead and take matters into his own hand. David knows that, man, if if he doesn't know now, uh, you know, up until this point, he certainly knows right now that Saul is not a suitable king. This isn't for me. This is for the people. I need to step up. I need to start leading. I need to become king. He already had favor with the soldiers and the people. Everyone bought his Yeezys. Everyone's following. This would have been easy. People would have followed suit. And, And I read this and I'm going, how many times have we been there in a season of struggle, in a season of pain and difficulty, and everything in our environment is telling us to give up, give in, throw the spear, fight back, do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Everything in his environment is screaming at him to do this, and yet he doesn't. And and again, my brain goes, I'm going, man, if if I'm in the middle of that kind of tension, I'm going... I don't know. I I think strings or spear, you know, it's like rock, paper, spear. I want the spear. I mean, that's just me. But David doesn't choose that. David doesn't choose this. And so when Saul throws the spear and he misses, David has a very, very huge decision to make. In that very moment, shh, He sees the spear. He looks at Saul. He's got a decision to make. And it'd be very easy for him to throw it back, but he doesn't. He just walks out. He's playing his harp. He walks out. And he writes Psalm 59. Why does David go and worship when he could have shown his warrior? Why does he do this? And, and here's, what I, here's just one thought. Here's what I think the, the reason why is because the greatest battles that David fought weren't standing in front of him. They lived within him. They lived within him. Let me just switch characters for a second. Saul, King Saul, when he threw the spear, who was he really fighting? Who was Saul really at war with? See, often the battle isn't with them, it's within. And here are these two individuals, same same time, both have difficult seasons that they're in, both are struggling, but both choose very different paths to take. One, at least the Bible's giving us a little bit of this, uh, uh, this motive behind Saul's spear-throwing is that his, his heart became bitter and jealous and, and rage and hate toward David. Both are in a, a season of pain and tormenting, but both choose to respond very differently. Saul is a walking, talking civil war, and he's taken out the closest available target. How many times, man, have we been there where, man, we are not having a good day. We're in a season of struggle and pain and suffering, and we take it out on the people closest to us. How many times have we yelled at our family when really really, we're just screaming on the inside? How many times have we been rude to the barista for getting our drink wrong when really there's something wrong within us? There's a difficulty. There's there's a struggle. And and Saul has his his hand. He's at home with the spear in hand. David with the strings. And he's playing. So what do we do? Listen, so what do we do? If you're in a season of pain right now, a season of struggle, a season of hardship, if if you're walking in that right now, what are we supposed to do? How do we respond? And I think it's so clear in this passage of scripture is that we don't grab a spear. We keep our hand on the strings and our worship becomes our weapon. Listen to what David is actually doing in Psalm 59. Let me read it again. But I will sing of your strength. In the morning, I will sing, right? Of your love. For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. You are my strength. I sing praise to you, God. You, God, are my fortress, my God in whom I can rely. David would sing, he would sing. He would worship. And sometimes, listen, we get to those places where we don't know what to do. I can't. I don't know what to do, where to go, how to respond. And sometimes we just need to say, this is all I know. Even when it hurts, I praise you. I'm singing to you. And this is what David does. And listen, I think think David knew that if he could win the battle with his soul, that God would win the battle with Saul. I think that's what's going on with David. And then he goes further. And again, another verse in Psalm 59, verse 9, it says, you are my strength. I watch for you, you God are my fortress. So David isn't watching for Saul. He's not watching for spears. He's not watching all the posts on social media. He's not seeing what's going on. The, he's not, his eyes are not there. His eyes are fixed on God. Saul's eyes are fixed on David and killing him, but David's eyes are fixed on God and worshiping him. And so what are you going to choose today? In the season of pain and struggle and suffering, what are you gonna choose to do? Because listen, in life you don't always get what you want, but you always get what you choose. You don't always get what you want. I think that's obvious for all of us, but you always get what you choose. And the season of pain and suffering you and I may be in is not easy. I get it. Because God's intention for this season and maturing us is not comfort and convenience. It's manifesting calling. He wants to prepare you. I'm gonna read another Psalm. Psalm 46. I love it because it's like God, it's like David's struggle meeting God's strength, and it, it's it's just good. Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. It's not on the screen, 9 through 10. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Now listen to the description because it may represent what you're feeling in your life. The earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. It's like man, all kinds of chaos is happening around you. It's like the world's falling apart, but I can still see God in it all. And it's man, it's just it's utter insanity. I can't describe it. What am I supposed to? To do God in all of this craziness and then it says this and he says be still and know that I am God I'll be exalted among the nations I'll be exalted in the earth so my kids like to uh play with paper airplanes this is not great I'm not a master, you know, at paper airplanes here, but my kids love it. We play it all the time. We, you know, we throw them around the house and, and it's it's great, it's fun. But I think this is often represents us, right? We're we're just in a season where we're soaring and everything is good, right? You're like, man, it was great. I'm I'm coming from an amazing season of success, and, and it's awesome, and, man, it's incredible. Look at This is great. God is good. God is good all the time, man. Man, it is well with my soul. Man, I love chapel. I love school. This is so great. Until something occurs, until something happens, it is only to be followed by a season where, man, all of a sudden, it's like our wings are clipped, Right? And it's like we can't, we can't soar like we used to. We don't feel God like we used to. And it's just this pain and this suffering and this difficulty. And you're like, God, why, why is this going on? I, I, I don't remember it being like this when I was at home. I don't remember f- feeling this. Where are you? And this is often where you and I are. Where, where, where we understand God, where we understand that he loves us, but yet at the same time, all of our efforts keep falling. And it's like I'm jumping and it just drops. And every single time I'm going like, okay, okay, let, let me try again. Here we go. No, it's not going. And, and, and it's just over and over again this season and this trial and this suffering is just so painful, and you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. You're, com- you're coming to chapel. You're, you're, you're praying. You're saying, God, this is this is what I know to do, and you're doing it over and over and over, but you just can't get there, right? And why? And you're like, God, where are you? Because what I see is God is, is, is nowhere. Where are you, God? Like, like when you used to be, right? We were, we were, I felt you, man, it was great. Where are you? But again, God is our refuge in trouble. God is our refuge in times of trouble. Where are you, God? I'm looking everywhere else. Everywhere else. I don't know where you are. Often, God, when you realize what's going on, you begin to unfold what's happening and you see that God was right in the middle of all of it the entire time, that he is in your pain in your troubled times in your suffering and it's not that God is lost or God is distant, he is right there in the middle of your pain and suffering and heartache and so if you are in a season of trouble, it's training God is there with you, he loves you, he has not forsaken you he is right there to love on you and to be there with you to take you through the valley not just enter in and stop and leave you alone, he's there to walk through it with you all the way to the other side to the glory of God Amen this is where God is so right now in the season of pain do not lose heart for he is with you through it all let's pray Jesus Oh God, thank you for never leaving us or forsaking us. And God, I just pray that we would understand that if we are in a season of pain, that you are doing something, maturing us in some way. You want us to to know something, to learn something. Help us to embrace the painful journey, the suffering times that we may be able to walk this Christ life for the cause and the name of Jesus. Amen.